0: and this is the Veterans Business Podcast, a podcast centered around the stories of U.S. military veterans and their adventures in the business world following their time in service. It's stories of challenges and obstacles and an inside look at how veterans find their life's work, their purpose, and their post-military lives. Welcome to the Veterans Business Podcast. I'm so excited uh, that you're joining us this week. I am. Super thrilled and pumped to introduce to you our special guest, Jesse Awuji. Jesse is a man who needs no introduction, but I'm going to give it to you anyway, in case you have been living under a rock. Uh, Jesse is a graduate of the U.S. Naval Academy. He played football, ultimately earned his commission as a naval officer. Once he commissioned, he spent 10 years on active duty as a surface warfare guy before transitioning to the reserves in 2017. During that time, Jesse got in the sport of racing, made his debut in 2015, and has raced in a variety of different series most notable of which is the imminent start uh, Xfinity series due uh, debut at road America, where he'll be driving. The, it's the number 13 mile marker 10 car, which is really exciting. In addition, uh, Jesse is also a sports analyst at NBC sports and is also the owner of his own firm, the red list group, which also owns JBJE transportation. Jesse, first of all, congrats on all that you've achieved so far. I know you've got a long ways to go still and that you're not done, uh, but congrats and thank you so much for joining the show.
1: Yeah, thank you
0: so much for having me. Thanks for the intro. Yeah, man. Ab- absolutely. So it's it's always it's always a thrill. Love love to see uh fellow veterans uh crushing. I guess you're technically not a veteran since you're still on the payroll, right? But uh <laughs> yes, yes, so many reserves. <laughs> yeah. But uh but no, I mean my, my goal here really just you know, I love to uncover and discuss items that people may not know about you. There's a you know you're you're all over the news and people can can consume a lot of information about you. So I'm going to purposely try to take a hard turn and spend a little bit of time just talking about, um, some, you know, other topics related to business. But for those that don't know a whole lot about you, I, I feel like we at least owe them a quick, uh, 30,000 foot view of who you are. Um, so like, would you mind just sharing with us quickly, just about your journey into the military and, and and ultimately into racing?
1: Yeah. So, um, my journey in the military, you know, going into racing and stuff like that. So, you know, originally I'm from Dallas, Texas, both my parents came from Nigeria um, to Texas in the 80s. They had me and my two brothers and my sister. We grew up there. Uh, everyone knows football in Texas is huge. So I originally in life had this big goal to go off to college and play college football. So I worked very hard throughout middle school, high school, and everything to put myself in a position where I could get recruited by some good schools. And um, by my senior year, I was um, you know doing well in football. The Naval Academy came uh, knocking on my door and they were wanting to recruit me to play football there. And I looked at the opportunity as a great one to go off to a really good school, get a great education, and then, um, you know, be able to play for a football team that was winning games. And also when I graduate, become an officer in the Navy. So I took that opportunity. I went off to the Naval Academy, played there four years, graduated in 2010, became a surface warfare officer. So for those who don't know, service worker officers, we're the guys on the ships, operating the ships day in, day, day night, or day in, day out, and uh, we're on two different deployments on my first four years in the Navy, um, active duty, and uh, both of those deployments were to the Arabian Gulf. It's Spent about 15 total months between both of those deployments. and um, in between the deployments and going out to sea and stuff while I was back at home in San Diego at that time, I was really developing this passion towards cars and racing. And um, you know, I, I would take my personal cars to different road course tracks and drag strips and all that stuff. I was having fun doing that. And one day, I was sitting in my room in uh, 2014, January, sitting in my room one night, and just made this crazy goal that I was going to go after professional racing. And I wrote it out on my whiteboard. I just wrote that I was going to become a professional race car driver. And that's literally where the vision went from, you know, yeah, you know, in my mind to paper. And 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 for you know, for that, you know, on the board. So um, that's where the journey began. And then from there, it was a grind to figure out how do I get in? How do I find the money to do it? How do I find teams? How do I get the training? How do I learn how to drive a race car? How do I get in the races? How do I work my way up all the different racing series? Like, how do I do all that stuff? I just did a ton of research, a lot of networking. And I was just just taught myself everything I needed to know to move up the ranks. And over the last five years, we've been able to do that. And now I'm working on basically running my first NASCAR Xfinity Series race at Road America. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm now at the you know second highest level in NASCAR and we've got one more step to go now so it's been yeah. great and uh been, been doing a lot with it
0: man that that's awesome and it's a it's a great it's a great story from <laughs> from literally whiteboard to realizing that uh in in such short order, but i mean no doubt a grind uh for sure and uh and once again i mean congrats making it to Xfinity. they change the names of the series like every three years. And so yeah. I mean, like i I like I remember the series names from like three generations ago, and it's like Bush it's,
1: Series, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, Bush Series, yeah, and yeah. Winston Cup, Winston uh, Cup yeah. you know. But and it's not even Sprint Cup anymore. I think it's Monster, right? It's Monster Energy up until yeah. last year. Now it's just the NASCAR Cup Series. Okay, <laughs> that makes it a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, um, so so taking all that, taking all that aside. Take us through the formation of Red List and JBJE Transportation. Like, how did you get your start there? Tell us a little bit about the the story behind that. Like, what was all that about?
1: On the business side of things, uh, you know, back in 2015, when I was getting into racing, I really had to figure out a way to find the funding to do it. And as I was looking for sponsorship, as I was networking with people and trying to find different ways to, to get funding, I quickly realized that it's hard, you know, it's difficult. So What I did was I wanted to figure out a way where I could always have funding, no matter what, whether I had sponsorship or not. So I decided to start my own business on the side and I did it where I knew best. You know, I'm in the car world. I I know cars, I know car people, I know people who like to take their personal cars to tracks for open track days. So I started putting my own track day events on where I was putting on drag racing events at, at different drag trips in Southern California, Phoenix, Arizona, and now Dallas, Texas. And the events have gone well over the last five years, they've grown and grown and grown. And uh, through a lot of you know, social media marketing and, and everything we do with that, we've been able to attract a lot of people to come to events and usually each event we're having anywhere between 100 to 130 cars racing. Uh, we usually have anywhere between you know, 1,500 to 6,000 people in attendance watching the events. So they've been going really well and uh, been profitable, profitable um, pretty much all the events. And uh, you know, been having fun doing that. And then on the JBJE side, uh, we decided me and my brothers became business where we we're going to get semi trucks and have them running on the road. And right now, uh, we own we own a semi truck. We have some other owner operators who run under our authority, and um, we are hauling goods all across the West Coast right now. So that's been pretty good. It's been growing a lot, and you know, business this year is definitely a boom because during quarantine time, everyone was stuck at home. They were all over the place, so you know you need to semi trucks out there on the road moving that stuff. So business definitely moving a lot in the spring, which
0: was great. Man, that's awesome, and I love. Uh, I I don't know if it's the foresight or just you realizing just how expensive racing is and how difficult it is to get sponsors. And so I think I think it's genius of you to like, well, you know what, screw it, I'm I'm gonna I like I will fund as much of this as I need to on my own and not be beholden to. Uh, sponsorship terms, and so I obviously the sponsors have come and they're and they're there, and no doubt you got some great sponsors, but uh, but it's great being able to have that as a net and something to to lean on, right? And so, um, and no doubt with with the with the quarantine time, probably giving you a chance to really double down and and work work more inside of the you know on the business as uh as we navigate this whole crazy season we're in, right? (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true for sure.
0: Yeah. What, what, um, so like what business challenges have you had with, with just getting those things off the ground? So like, there's a lot of folks who they, they want to get in a business or they have an idea, right. They, they've drawn it on the whiteboard and maybe they are either you know, in the early days of their own grind, um, or they are, or it's still in the idea phase, but, you know, take us through like, how did, like what obstacles and challenges did you have to face just in those early days, just just, just to get it going and off the ground and, and, and make, and making a few bucks.
1: Yeah. So getting it off the ground and going, and that's the toughest part right there is taking that step. You know, we all have ideas. Everyone in the world has some idea of what could be the next greatest thing, but most of that stuff goes to the grave of people. It just stays right here. And the reason why is because everyone falls into this whole trap of, uh, they call, they call it analysis paralysis, where basically, all that you're doing, all the analysis, so you're thinking about it all the time. And some people go even further, where maybe they start writing stuff down, they do all that, and then they start looking at the numbers, and then, then they do, they're looking at this, looking at that, researching this, researching that, which is good. You've got to gain all that information, that's good. But then don't get comfortable in that research space. It's real easy to get comfortable in a research space and feel like you're doing something all the time. And next, you know, you go two, three years of just researching, and that's it. You never actually do anything. Don't do that. That's analysis paralysis is where you get paralyzed in the analysis phase. You got to get at, past that. At the end of the day, you do have to do research to get going. You got to know what you're getting yourself into. Do your numbers, run your numbers, know what it's going to take. Once you have that core information, you're not going to have all of it. You're going to have some. Have enough. Basically, think of it like this. Imagine jumping out of a plane. Just make sure you have enough stuff in the bag to form a parachute. As long as there's no stuff, you're fine. Just jump because you need to jump. What happens is we'll sit in the plane forever, counting every little thing, making sure every little thing is just right. And then there might be one thing that's not just right. Next thing you know, we're trying to get that right. And we're just constant phase of just trying to fix little things and get things right just for the perfect time to jump out of the plane. There's never going to be a perfect time to jump out of a, you know, a great plane because it's comfortable up there. It's comfortable flying knowing that you're safe, but it's not comfortable Falling through the air all the way down to ground zero. So make sure you know. Once you do have everything in there, no matter what it looks like or what condition this is, just make sure you have it. Make sure you know how to how to, how to get your parachute ready. Jump and then figure it out on your way down because then you now you got a timeline and you got to figure it out before you get to you know ten thousand feet or something like that. Because after that or whatever it is, you're gonna you're gonna hit the ground pretty hard. So what yeah. um, you need to wake 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 people up. So I tell people that that's the toughest part is 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 getting over that hump of the analysis paralysis phase just jump out of the plane just make sure you have all your parachute stuff in the bag it don't gotta be packed just have it you'll figure it out on your way down
0: right man that's that yeah that's i mean that's great that's great wisdom and um and it helps i mean it helps to uh put a little bit of pressure on yourself and uh so it's it's nothing like meeting a deadline after you've self-imposed a deadline <laughs> so, yeah. um, and,
1: and, and then, you know the biggest thing too is you know um because a lot of people want to know like what are the exact steps like i need you know do i need to go form an llc do this and that like oh yeah there's all these little things you do but none of that stuff matters if you don't get your mindset right that's why i said the analysis browser browsers part like it, you got to get your mindset in the right place or no business is going to work at all doesn't matter if you take if you look at, you know, go on YouTube and find the 10 steps to have a successful business, none of that stuff matters unless you get your mind in the right place. It has to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. When you get there and you're willing to put everything on the line, you're willing to lose it all, and you, and you know how to get it all back. When you get into that type of phase, when you get into that type of uh, mindset, you become very dangerous and, and nothing can stop you. So I tell people get yourself there. Cause once you're there, like you can do whatever
0: you want. Yeah. That's awesome. And I was going to, going to go back too cause I think, I think there's another aspect of this that, um, that people should take note of is you, you went into an industry and into a business that you already knew or, or maybe you didn't know, but it was complementary to what you're doing. Right. So it's not like you went and started like a biotech firm or a software company. It, um, You you did something where it's still related to what you're doing. So I mean, I, I can only imagine there's probably a lot of synergies there, um in terms of just learning. But then also the same a lot of the same network. There's gonna be there's gonna be there's gonna be some good overlap there. And so maybe playing to your strengths, I think that's probably I think that's probably been a good move. I I just looking at it from the outside looking in, I just I think that's a great move. Um yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. Playing to your strengths definitely helps a lot because places where you know, you know people, you have a network. At the end of the day, this world goes round because of networking and, and networks. If you don't have a network somewhere, <clears throat> you're trying to get into that industry, it's going to be very difficult to make things happen. You got to form a network. Yeah. I already somewhat had a little bit of a network in the different places that I got into when it came to the drag racing events. You know, I was already known in known in the car community. And some- so it was easy for me to reach out to my first few people that I, I knew would buy tickets to come to the event, and I could at least get some tickets sold. And I knew they could get um, you know, on the trucking side of it. I knew a guy who was um, a truck driver, and I knew a couple other people who were in the trucking industry. That was my quick And then I used YouTube University, learning everything I could on YouTube through other people's experiences. I looked for the stuff online that was uh, kind of dry, but uh, it's informational because. And so sometimes we get online, especially YouTube and like, you'll find a lot of people who like make everything look super pretty and jazzy. I I don't like those videos. I want the videos that are dry and boring when those people are giving you real facts, real information. So forming a network and having that network before you get into something, that's
0: huge. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, with, especially with like when when you're talking about doing the drag racing and being able to sell tickets, I'm like, dude, that's perfect. Because like you've, you've already got, you've already got a network. You've already got a name established. You've already got something going there. So it's a, It's an incremental ask. It's still within the same sphere, Um, and so I mean I think it's a great play. And um, and I and I I realize we're starting to wind down on time, so I before we go I wanted to ask you, um, like what are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned? So in in like in the early start of the companies, like what were some of the big mistakes that that you made or, or lessons learned that you that you would have wished that you'd known. And uh, how did you overcome those? And how did you keep keep pressing on?
1: I would say um, biggest lessons learned throughout the throughout this whole time. And, and luckily, I was learning them along as I was going. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I made some like catastrophic mistakes or anything like that. Everything so far has kind of flowed pretty well. I mean, definitely had um, good ups, but definitely had a lot of downs. Uh, but I would say um, the one thing that I'm happy that I was doing along the way which kept me from turning bad things into catastrophic things was I was always preparing for the fight I didn't even know was coming. So that's the biggest thing I got to tell entrepreneurs, people who are starting their own businesses or whatever you're doing in life, always prepare for the fight you don't even know is coming. Uh, When I say that, uh, you know, what I mean is, you know, there's all different kinds of things that will come in your way. Like as as you're moving forward, as you're trying to, you know, innovate, as you're trying to do different things. Like bad things will happen. Bad things will come towards you. And the only way to keep them from, being, from going from bad to worse or going from worse to catastrophic is you always have to prepare for the fight you don't know is coming. That fight that you don't know is uh, next year. It can happen tomorrow. It can happen next month. It can happen in an hour from now. All that stuff can happen whenever. But as long as you're preparing for it, you'll be fine. You've got to be creative and innovative every single day. As long as you're trying to find creative paths, trying to find uh, better people to surround yourself with, trying to read learn um, everything you can do to better yourself and better your business every single day, you will continue to basically be preparing for the fight you don't know is coming. And, and that's what I do to keep myself from making having bad mistakes go from bad to worse and worse to catastrophic. A lot of people have catastrophic failures because they just rest on their laurels. They just get comfortable and they're just on cruise control, and that said, They're not doing anything else new to continue to innovate. And then when that fight comes that they didn't even realize was coming, all of a sudden they get destroyed. Well, as long as you were being creative and you're finding new things, when that fight comes, it allows you just to finesse around it and move around it and continue to go because you already were working on something else that allows you to continue to move forward. But if you weren't ever, you know, Uh, uh, searching for for that new thing and and trying to be innovative and creative that you were never preparing for the fight that you don't even know is coming. So always prepare. Continue to be innovative. Continue to be creative every single day. Network, network, network. Never give up on that. Do not rest. Do not be comfortable. I don't care how much money you're making. Blockbuster thought they were the biggest thing ever. They got comfortable. And guess what? They were not prepared for the fight they didn't even know was coming and that was netflix <laughs> yeah,
0: that's so true and that's that's sage advice um prepare for the for the fight that you don't know is coming um I, I i think it's crucial between education and network i mean everything you laid out i i i love that because what that what that emphasizes it emphasizes action It emphasizes if you're taking just even if it's small steps every day you're still moving forward you're not just you're not just hanging out so um. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Um. Well, and I think I think I think we're probably right at the end of our time. But man, I just want to wish you nothing but the very best this weekend. I know you got. I know you got another race that you're going to. But then, of course, your big Xfinity debut. Uh, you're making you're making all the navy uh all of Navy World proud. But you're also making us uh, as military veterans and just the military community super proud. Uh, excited to see. All the things that you're doing, and uh, thank you so much for spending time with me today. I, I've truly I've, I've really, uh, treasured that. Thank you. Yeah,
1: thank you so much for having me.
0: It was fun, man. What a great interview! I really enjoyed getting to speak with Jesse. It's awesome just to see his rise uh, through NASCAR. But I mean, obviously, it comes it comes at a cost, and the cost has been some pure hustle, some grit, and some really some solid determination to get to where he to where he is. So I. I'm cheering for him. I, I wish him nothing but the very best, and, uh, and I hope to continue to see him crush it. There's a lot of really good notes uh, from the episode. Just a couple quick items that he talked about, you know, preparing for the fight that you don't even know is coming, I think is really crucial, and like him and I had discussed in the episode, I mean, that really comes down to being active, being proactive. Uh, I mean, it was a great blockbuster, Netflix, uh, little visual there. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, I I think it was a lot of fun and I'm just so grateful uh, for your listenership and for your viewership and I look forward to bringing another episode to you again next week. Take care.